Hello and welcome to the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast, episode number two. I'm one of your co-hosts, Skeeter. You can find me on Twitter at Zoo underscore dat, Z-O-U underscore D-A-T. And along with me tonight is just Case. Say hi, Case. Hey, y'all. How are y'all? Uh, Case, how can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at, at Case from Ace on the Twitter account. Getting straight into it, it's. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about on this. But last Saturday, Mizzou goes down to the Plains in Auburn. Uh, they come out on the short end of the stick, 17 to 14 in overtime. Uh, initial thoughts, feelings, emotions. We've had, what, 72 hours now to process it. How you feel? Uh, not great. Um, that's kind of in the hallmark of Mizzou, right, is giving away games they should win. I don't think anything qualifies quite as well as that one. Uh, I know we'll get into uh, how it went down, but to, to have a game completely won like that and to just give it away is – you can't do it in the SEC. You especially can't do that with SEC conference wins. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, man, okay, the, the beginning of the game, we're down 14 nothing. I was actually went into work Saturday morning just to get my mind off of it. Uh, anxiety anxious uh on the road like man come on please drink please i want you to succeed so bad here auburn is not a good team let's go in there get the win so i went to work try to get some hours doing some maintenance some welding stuff like that and i put my earbuds in and pulled up the varsity app and was listening to the mizzou broadcast and i'm not gonna lie uh we go three and out punt they get the ball uh, go 14 plays, 59 yards, score a touchdown. We get the ball back. Interception, Mike Kelly says it was deflected. Uh, they get the ball, five plays, 24 yards. We're down 14 nothing. And I think, okay, drink's not it. He's not going to work. Here, we're going to get boat raced again. Uh, but lo and behold, they settled in. They put their feet in the ground. They didn't panic, and they showed some fight. You know, first quarter to second quarter, first quarter was all Auburn. Second quarter was all Mizzou. Uh, I had a lot of hope going in halftime. I think I think that might be the worst part of the game for me, is that they did a lot of things right, and the whole time I was watching all those things right start happening, I had all this uh, topics I was excited to bring up on here, and at the end of the day, they don't mean squat when you don't close, you don't finish out. You're you're right to go down fourteen uh, zero. I was at the farm well, with my daughter putting up ground blinds and tree stands and clearing lanes at my farm, and um, I put it on the truck on the way home. And I'm just like, well, hell, uh, we'll find something else to do at home. Have this game in the background to the K State game because I'm you know it's you can, I can't put myself to that kind of mental anguish. And then, as you mentioned, they start fighting back. Defense, super solid from then on out, right? I think we can agree defense, after yes. they get those two first scores, were nails for the rest of the day. Uh, but the even points- in the second score, five plays, 24 yards, it wasn't like – It wasn't like they got a full field to play with. You're right. They were put against the wall immediately. Uh, um, I imagine the bench probably going over uh, screenshots and stuff like that. You know, talking to Coach Baker and their position coaches and, hey, helmet's on, you're on the field. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you know what? 
what kind of what you mentioned there kind of you brought up to my mind at least uh baker does a really good job making at making uh changes in the game yes. you know uh yes. la tech was the only game that really came out firing all cylinders and that's that is, i'm not gonna say that's great you you want your team to come out with the gameplay incorrect and you know run full speed but i do like that when we do get off the wrong foot it seems like they do a great job at fixing that and getting the correct game plan installed within the first quarter even the one the one thing going forward now this weekend coming up i don't know if it applies to it i mean it would be great but Let's not get down two scores. It does not do that, right? Let's skip that part altogether. <laughs> yes. Let's let's come out and be efficient. And it, it, this is not just toward the defense. Like, uh, we need to see something from offense. Like, we haven't had an opening sustained drive. Uh, the ACU game, Luther Burden, had he not returned that punt, no telling what the offense would have done no. because it, it seemed to take a while for them to get going once they did start possessing the ball. We literally have not had a opening drive score this season. And I yeah. don't – special teams doesn't count, so that burden doesn't count. Uh, no, there's not been one. Uh, not against Tech. Nope, Kate, we scored a field goal versus K-State. Okay, yes, we did. And you yeah. know what? Now that I think back on it, I think that might have been our best drive, opening drive of the season. Yeah, well, we – we ran north and south. We didn't we run east to west. Between the tackles, we gashed him, we gashed him, we gashed him. We had a throw. Brady kind of showed some of his uh, inability on that, and we settled for a field goal. Um, and really, I will be honest, the one point that was like the one point I was excited or was uh, happy with that game because it went to south after that, but I thought that was a good opening drive. Uh, we didn't uh, score a touchdown, but just, I knew it was going to be tough to in that game. You just had to bring up that we kicked a field goal that's that's not a sore topic for this week we're wrapping up the wrapping up the first half the only thing i have to add to it and it's just a prelude into what's to come auburn has the ball uh very little time left on the clock they're going to try to kick a field goal to go in a half to go up 17 14 they line up to kick the ball he misses it but there's a flag we lined up off sides in the back of your mind, if you've been under a rock and you're actually listening to our Mizzou podcast and do not know what happens the rest of the game. But then we come out from halftime and we're as flat as flat can be, aside from on defense. They're just shutting Auburn down any which way possible there. Uh, when both punters each have eight punts in the game, I mean, what what do you say in that? I don't feel in today's college football game four or more punts. I haven't went back and looked. Yes, four or more punts, especially on the road versus an SEC opponent. You're not going to win too many ball games. You wouldn't think so. Uh, those are stats from like a 1990s Marty, Marty Schottenheimer coach Chiefs team. It's like it's like Chiefs Broncos in '94. You know what I mean? That's not a that's not modern day SEC football stats where you'd win a game. So well, both yeah, punters, eight punts. Uh, Stonehouse can't say enough about the job he's come in and done. Uh, Three hundred eighty-four yards, average of forty-eight yards per punt. One touchback, three inside the twenty. 
a long of 61. The Auburn punter had eight punts for 364. Uh, so we're over 700 yards in this ball game. Uh, that's just that's terrible. It's insane. Terrible. It's insane. I mean, I, I love the fact that Auburn had 300 yards on their punter. I love that. Uh, can't sing the praises of uh, Blake Baker and what he's done. Uh, I have an, an honest fear if this keeps up, we'll probably be on our fourth defensive coordinator in four years because his phone's going to be blowing up this year. That's a good way to look at it. That we're not getting rid of a guy because of uh, inability, but because he's going to coach somewhere else. I don't know. Yes. I don't. And I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I don't think Blake Baker would even make a bad head coach in the future. I think that could be a reason he'd go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think sometimes he might make better head coaching decisions than drink, but I kind of reel myself back in. Well, the the one drive from the third quarter I want to talk about. I believe it was the third quarter. It may have been the fourth. But uh, Missouri got the ball on, on their own 40, so they're close to the 50. They cross the 50, get to the Auburn 36, and on second and six on a two-yard run. That uh, don't seem right, but uh, it was on a second and six. Connor Wood had another holding penalty, set us back to second and 14, then a, a sack an incomplete pass, and we're punting. Uh, there's there's another instance in this game where one step forward, two steps back. Uh, Definitely. Then we get, we get to the fourth quarter, the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, man, Tyrone Hopper. Uh, I grew up on a small cattle farm uh, southwest Missouri, and Sometimes we didn't get to our, our bull calves quick enough, and you kind of had to get behind them and pull on their legs and somebody else come in and, and try to take them down. And that's what it reminded me of on that fourth and one stop when he gets behind Tanks Bisbee and he's not letting go. He's pulling with everything he has. And without an effort like that, uh, they probably pick up the first down. More than likely, they're going to win the ball game right there at the end of the fourth. So... I know it was a group effort to stop on that fourth and one, but Tyrone Hopper showed a lot of passion and determination and will right there to not let go. I love the analogy with that, with uh, him being a cow roper, but <laughs> I think uh, Tyrone Hopper is the star on defense. He's been a huge uh, that, addition. After the fourth and one stop, we get the ball back. <laughs> We're for some reason, we just find a mojo there at the end, like Brady Cooks finally stepping up and making some very good plays. Uh, and we get the ball down, first and goal from the three. Auburn caught timeout, 45 seconds left. This is where I'm not saying it was a call by drink. So don't come find me on Twitter and argue with me because I'm not arguing against what drink did. Just, I would like to have seen instead of us coming out and kneeling, I understand that play call, but I would have liked to seen him come out and call some plays, try to put it in the end zone. We're there to win a ball game. We're there to play football. We're not there to just, you know, 
I felt it was safe. And safe is supposed to win you ball games, but it did not win us ball games. He counted on Mevis being automatic, and he had been inside 30, but he missed two field goals last week. But if you're if you're that confident, him in your back pocket. So call a couple safe run plays. Uh, Auburn, you know, their first drive, 14 plays, 59 yards, seven minutes, 37 seconds. Their second scoring drive was five plays, 24 yards, a minute 57. They did not have the style offense that was going to get down the field in 40 seconds and score a touchdown. You score a touchdown, they have to score. It's not you give them the ball back in a three-point lead and they're going to come back down and beat you with a touchdown where they just got to get inside the 40 and kick a field goal. They have to get into the end zone. The way our defense stepped up and played the rest of that game, I I felt that would have been a nod to them. I trust you guys. I've got your back. You've had my back. I trust you guys. But also, let's say later in the year, we're in game four, you know, right now, uh, this past week. So, and everybody, you know, Drink even said it after his presser Saturday that this is a process, is a growing process. I don't know if you saw his presser after the game, but his hair looked wild. He looked so defeated. And there were so many times on the sideline after penalties, after the missed kick, after the fumble in overtime, he just, like, I felt bad for the guy. I felt bad. Anyways, who's to say we're in game eight, game nine, and, you know, it, it, it's more pressure to win later in the year than it is beginning of the year. And we need that touchdown. We're down a field goal. We need that touchdown. Let's let's get the – you've got Mavis in your back pocket. You're that confident enough you're going to kneel down to let him kick. So why not try it? And trust your defense is going to stop him. So – I agree with the fact that I was I was surprised when they brought the when he started doing the kneels to get the clock down and get it in the middle there. I was surprised we didn't just you know run the ball to Pete a few times see if we can get a touchdown. Um, but you mentioned pressure, and I think we are underestimating how much pressure Drinkwitz feels on himself right now. He knows that he's not won uh, SC road games or very many. He knows what the fan base is is turning on him. And maybe not turning on him like the whole, but he knows that his goodwill his, the the honeymoon period is over now. And he I, clearly I think, he clearly gets on Twitter and sees tweets. Exactly. Because he's he quoted tweets. some. He he's yes. quoted some tweets and pressers. Yeah. He's he's a social media I mean, he's a young guy. I think it helps his recruiting. He uh you know, very, very active social media. Hell, the whole bat signal thing is all him. Now every other program at Mizzou does the quote-unquote bat signal. He sees what we're saying, and any Mizzou fan knows that, like I said, honeymoon period is over, and the goodwill is running out quickly. He knew he needed to win an SEC road game, and I believe that he knew the best weapon on his team, besides any burden or love it, is Mevis. Mevis won him a game versus Arkansas's first year that looked, I'll be honest, I, I had put my head in the ground. I thought, I, I thought the Arkansas game was over. I was trying to say here, I think 
he was like, all right, the only way I know I can 100% win this game is to burn the clock out and let Mevis take this chip shot. And it backfired. Um, I think you had mentioned something about Mevis not taking the warm-up kicks. I agree. And I loved the guy. Um, I, mean, I still do, but you know what I mean? Like I, 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 yes. When all this was happening, I w- <laughs> this is embarrassing. My, my wife was, was, uh, had, had done something earlier in the day, and she was napping. And I was getting ready to go run in there and wake her up and tell her what what, what I was was gonna happen. I was so sure, you know what I mean. I had I had text saved up to my buddies watching the game, you know, and I had to delete all that because uh, I was mind blown that he was pulled it right. So Drink saw that as the opportunity to get that road win. Doesn't matter who he just needed that SEC road win, and against Auburn, which we know is down, but is a big name opponent. That's a big name SEC team. And there were still over 80,000 there. I mean, they had a, for, yeah. for getting their teeth kicked in last week against Penn State, they still showed up. That's still that's a good road, that's a good road win in a in a, in a traditional big time SEC stadium. He's won, he's won at South Carolina and he's won in a lame duck year, right? Where they fired, had they hired yep. Beamer when he, had he beat them, or was it in between Muschamp and Beamer? I want to say it's in between Muschamp, it was okay, in between, good. and then he beat Vanderbilt last year in the road. Which, which um, you take them where you can get them, but let's not act like Vanderbilt is like an imposing stadium. Here's something else to consider too. When you say this, it's just coming to my mind. It's not even in my notes, but Drink was hired from the previous administration or athletic director. Yeah, we have a new. We we now have DFR, and he saw what she did to Coach Martin on the basketball program. After a bad year, uh, so we don't know what's going on in his mind. We don't know That's what what point. conversation yeah. she's gave him behind closed doors. Uh, um, I think we all remember. We all remember uh, Jim Sterk being. He was uh, after the Kentucky loss, which was super heartbreaking. There's a video that was not purpose. Just he was in the corner of the video and he like throws his head down and is visibly upset with what's happening. Uh, and I think a lot of people said that's the moment where Sturk was like, I think I need to find a new head coach. Yeah. Um, I don't think Desiree has hit that moment with Drinkwitz yet, but I think Drinkwitz is a smart enough guy to know that things are not trending in the direction that he kind of was hoping or promised, or I'm sure Desiree had hoped, you know? So, Man, I think I think he knew that one of the best the best kicker in the SEC is on his team. No way he's missing that kick. Let's get him dead in the middle, which was what Brady was doing. Let's get the last play of the game, and it's an instant win. And damn it, if I did not think the exact same thing, hundred percent, I was I was like, all right, this makes sense. Let's do it. Even after the first initial shock of like I would just run the ball as well. After that, I was like, all right, this makes sense. This is an instant win. And when it didn't happen, it was crushing. Um, but I, and, I understood I, it. But, okay. I had I had somebody tell me on Twitter that it's what Saban would do. Saban would make that exact call. So, me being the pain in the ass that I am, I had to go look up some Nick Saban games. One score games is what I, I went through and looked and I found his two most recent situations just like this. 2018 SEC championship game for 
28-28. A minute four left on the ball or on the clock. Uh, first and 10 from the 15. Uh, touchdown, Alabama, 35-28. And that's an SEC championship game. He did not nail it and trust his kicker. Universe uh, Mississippi State, 24-24. 25 seconds left. First and 10. Can't tell me he couldn't run that clock down to just two seconds. But no, they call play, 26-yard touchdown. So who's to say we win that game? Okay, Drink even said after Kansas State, everything we want to play for is still in front of us. So there was still a path, although I don't think any Mizzou fan realistically would expect uh, after the K-State loss for us to get to the SEC championship game. No. But who's to say we don't get in that big game moment and we need that touchdown? Let's let's play with that killer mentality. Let's play with that swagger that Drink has behind the mic. He hasn't had it a lot here lately. You can tell losses are getting to him. He did not I, I really believe he did not expect to year three be sitting two and two after week four. You know what? And you, you see it Especially on the Especially with the brought in. Especially with all the, the recruiting classes. I, I I agree. And I mean, to the pressure point, to that point, and you had mentioned Drink's reactions on the sideline, he was living the highs with every high, and he was hitting the lows with every low. Every one of those holding calls ESPN would show him, and his head was down. Now, I don't love that in my head coach, but I kind of get it. He, he was asked today, or yesterday, no, it was today in his presser about Tavares Jones, and he said he anticipated using Tavares Jones versus Auburn, just didn't get it done. Was his was his word? What, I don't. You, know, you asked me when we were talking on the phone, but when you see the emotion he has in the game during the game as it's happening, I seriously think his mind is so caught up in the game, he's not worried about who's played and who hadn't played. He is going for the win. I don't, do you, I don't think Tavares Jones crossed his mind like we need to get him a carry right now. That makes sense. Do you think, though, and I know Drinkwitz is not going to give up the OC position. He's what he came here for. He's going to die with it. But um, do you think this is a spot where an OC would come in handy? Someone who can call the plays and he can be like, hey, next drive, Traveris, you're going in. Because I don't see why. I mean, Nate Pete, stud, obviously no happened later in the game. I'm not mentioning that. That's what I'm talking about. Best back on the team. Schrader is a good run, is a good pass blocker. I think he has a, a role for that. He's a he's a he's five nine, but he's uh he's a bigger, you know, guy. Yeah. So is Mike Cox for that that matter. But I don't see why one of those Schrader drives couldn't have gone Traveris Jones. Getting getting back on track with the game, even though everything we derailed off the track uh, <laughs> from that missed kick. Uh, we get to overtime. Oh, so close interception. They ruled it interception uh, after review. They gave the ball back to Auburn. I don't know that there was clear evidence that that ball – hit just the ground. His hand did not stay under. Uh, and they say it shifted some. Uh, man, I don't... I've seen so many calls go against Mizzou that they never would overturn that. No. Uh, 
and that's just the Missouri fans speaking out of me there that it's us versus the world, including the officials. But so they get they line up for a field goal. You remember at the end of the second quarter we talked about penalty offsides? It came back. And it bit us in the butt. So they line up for a field goal. He misses it. It's not even a close kick, but we're offside. So he gets to redo, and he doesn't miss. So we're down three points. Getting the ball back, I still feel somewhat confident. Uh, Second play, great run by Pete. And everybody can say what they want. You're in that. You're in his shoes. The pylon's right there. You're probably straight. Uh, just very unfortunate circumstance or outcome that happened to him. But he fumbles. They say, but I believe if that would have actually been earlier in the game and not the end of the game, they would have reviewed that it went out of bounds, but still a recovery in the end zone or out of bounds out of the end zone, still a touchback. So they don't, so they don't change the ruling. Uh, but I'm not mad at Nate Pete. Uh, it's very he had 20 carries for 110 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. By far, him and Lovett were our best offensive players on the field Saturday. Uh, it's just heartbreaking. I hope, I really hope the team uses this as a fire to come out Saturday and not not give up on the season, uh, but to come out and put up a hell of a fight. Uh, we'll get into that game later, but you have anything else on this game you need? You feel you need to talk about? Uh, I'm going to say one thing. It's kind of what you just said, but I just want to reiterate it, that uh, it's, it's unfortunate what happened with Pete, but you're right. Everyone's going to go for the pylon there. Um, it just seems like dumb zoo luck that it fell out of it. He dropped it out of his hand. It doesn't, yes. it, it doesn't seem like it's anything wrong with Pete. It's just, it's just more dumb zoo luck we've seen all our life. Move on into our outdoor segment because this is the Woods, Water, and Mizzou podcast. Uh, yes, we spend the majority of time about Mizzou, but we also spend a lot of our time in the woods and the water. And I know uh, Sunday evening, uh Climbed up a tree and uh, went hunting. It was lovely, 97 degrees uh, when I was driving my truck to the woods. But it's hunting. Uh, after Saturday, Mizzou's game, and then I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. And uh, after that game Sunday, I was just like, yeah, I think hunting would be better than sitting here and watching football because I have no desire to watch any more football. So... <laughs> Uh, I went and climbed up in a tree. I saw a doe and two yearlings. Uh, I saw five squirrel, three birds, and two butterflies. And uh, nothing nothing worth shooting, so I, I went home. And now today, I'm getting poison ivy, which started yesterday. But uh, this, this evening, I'm starting to get poison ivy. Eyes, so the joys of early season bow hunting. Oh, for sure. We uh we went out Saturday. So I said it's Saturday morning before the game. I ran by a ran by a local store here, Rogers. 
grab some stuff for some blinds out. Uh, took so I went out there with my my toddler. Well, my wife was out doing something, so I don't know uh, if you know packing in a ground blind, the stakes for blind, the chair, uh, mineral, and a two year old uh, through the woods. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> really can't recommend it enough. Uh, it was a new ground blind, not put up yet. A brand I don't usually use. I just got a good deal on it. Neighbor recommended it to me. Um, of course, luckily we're out there in the middle of nowhere. The only person that saw me look like an idiot getting it up was my two year old. So she's probably not going to tell anyone. Um, got that out. Well, Do what? When she's, when she's 15, you'll look back and wish she was two and you were oh, uh, boy. having that again. I, I, I can tell you from experience. <laughs> I bet you're right. So my 15 year old spent Saturday going to her first home homecoming dance. So yeah, that's terrifying. That's terrifying skeet. I don't know about all yes. that. She's still a little baby. <laughs> um, check some cameras, man. So my, my property isn't big. It's family inherited. It's about 22 acres. I can't hold deer on there, but I do get the opportunity for passer throughs. Um, there's water going through my property, which is a plus, but there's no crops. It's originally part of my family's cattle farm. We ran cattle all my childhood. It's about 300 acres um, or around Clinton County, Missouri. And it uh, it was divided up when my, my great-grandfather passed on in family trust. And um, I got 22 of it. So I don't got a ton, and I don't really cross the whole thing. You know, family split up, blah, blah, blah. And we don't get along quite as well. So it's high-fenced on my uncle's side, and then I have my side. And, um, so again, I, I can't keep deer there, but I go, I can gosh them go through but anyways, put a lot of cameras up, track them and, uh, got some decent looking bucks coming through a lot of does. That's all great signs. Yeah. And I'm excited to get out there and do some early season. We got a cold front coming through now. Hopefully it lasts through the weekend. So I can get a lot, that's when I get a lot of my movement on that property. What I am maybe more excited about was, um, my in-laws, my, my father-in-law, uh, father-in-law's big hunter. He actually went and got me in hunting. I think I mentioned that at some point in the first podcast. But anyways, um, not bow hunters. He uh, does an interest in that all rifle in their family. And so I went out with him, kind of the same story as you. My Chiefs were uh, blowing it in the second half of the Chiefs-Colts game. And I'm oh. over at their house. We go to supper with them after church every Sunday. And so we were uh, sitting there talking to my father-in-law and, you know, watching Chiefs game. And I'm like, hey, I'd love to go out there and look for a place for a stand out there on the property. You know, I know you said I could hunt it, but I, just, I want you to take me out there and you can kind of help me find a good spot. We go out there and we, we move around a few spots. We find one and I love it. It is a uh, water source at the bottom of the hill. And there is a natural path going up the hill to the top where the cattle graze. And it's heavily wooded throughout, except for there is a, a natural just kind of path going up there. Uh, we went out there, we took the John Deere, mowed that down, um, put a stand up there. And I'm I'm super excited about that spot. I think that's going to be a great spot for me. And I'm looking to get out there and use it this uh, this weekend. Only problem What's, is, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you said you're super excited. Uh, you're at the point, I've got my first hunt in, uh, but you're at the point uh, for you getting everything set up, it's wrapping up fall camp week one approaching for kickoff. That's your level of enthusiasm right now, correct? That is a great analogy. Yes, sir. And so you're just ready for that, that whistle 
Welcome to the Jungle playing on the loudspeaker. Truman spraying <laughs> student section with a uh, fire hose, and here we go. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. It's exactly how it is. Decided to suit up in the in the camo and go out there for game day. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, me myself, I don't I don't have. I've got one acre here. Yeah, uh, and I'm a couple miles outside town. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had five deer walking. They jumped neighbor's fence into my my garden that grasshoppers took over this year. But uh, nothing I would ever set up to hunt, just, just not the room for it. So I, I hunt public land. Uh, and anytime you're on public land and you see three deer when you're in a stand, not driving down the road, uh, I feel that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, pretty promising. But it's 97 degrees on the side of the mountain. Uh, and so... I figured my best bet was to set up on that pond and they were coming in to get a drink. But I, I have a rule for myself. I don't shoot babies and I don't shoot mamados with babies. Uh, just I want my kids to have hunting and just something about it does not feel right to me. Uh, shooting a mamado, regardless how big she is, if she has yearlings with her because they still depend on her for protection. And so you're, you're not only killing that deer, but you're also hurting the chance for survival for the others. I take that same approach on my 22 acres there. Uh, mostly cause I want to build my population. Up. I want my deer population to be stronger. Uh, so I, I kind of treat it as I treat turkey season or is it, you know, legally you treat turkey season in Missouri is uh, only taking males. Um, yeah. yeah, I and, you know, some properties, I mean, I, I get your uh, uh, reasoning on that. Some properties, I think I would take a, a big doe in situation, but definitely on my own just because I got to get that population up. So I understand. Yep. I totally get that. Well, I, I've killed does before when they're by themselves but if they still have their yearlings with them then obviously uh that juvenile deer is still counting on its mother somewhat yeah uh and so I, I try not not to take them uh but last year and then obviously uh yesterday cole got a deer and tonight he got a deer so he's he's off to a pretty pretty good start and when i know cole talking to him on before here, season do what i was gonna say when cole gets back on here he's he has more success than anyone i know probably he's <laughs> he's really good really good hunter <laughs> I, I did draw blood sunday but unfortunately it was mine uh there was a vine going around the tree and all all i had in my pocket was my pocket knife and so i went to go skinning it and like the dummy i am uh, pointed the knife in the dangerous direction and uh, my other hand was down there and so the top of my fingers what stopped the knife but as I tell my boys if you're going to be dumb you got to be tough so there was no crying There's no crying hunting that's it <laughs> uh, so last year in the state of Missouri uh, there were 290,000 harvested deer 
143,049 were bucks. 26,599 were button bucks. I wonder how many of those buttons were actually 10 points just <laughs> shaved down the button. <laughs> and then 124,022 doe. Uh, now that's all that was reported. And over the last eight years, there's been an increase in harvest every year. The county of Missouri that reported the most uh, harvest was Franklin County. Uh, looking at it on the map, it looks like it's just southwest of St. Louis. Uh, Union, Missouri is the county seat. So if you recall from last week, we're going to have a drawing for tickets to give away to November 19th when New Mexico uh, comes to Furrow Field. And so, Case, if you're good with it, I say let's make Franklin the uh, code word this week for y'all to DM us to be entered into the drawing for tickets. Sounds good to me. Franklin as in Franklin County, since they were the uh, almost by a thousand head of, head of deer, too, when I looked at the numbers. And this is all off Missouri uh, Conservation Department website that I pulled up. Uh, there were four firearm incidents uh, reported during hunting season last year. They were hunting related. They were all self-inflicted. Uh, be sure that safety's on. Be cautious where you're pointing your gun at all times. One of them was fatal. Uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine a game warden or police officer have to come knock on my door and tell my wife and kids I died because uh, I shot myself by accident while hunting. So be very, very cautious. Uh, safety first. Uh, wear your hunter orange when it when it gets to gun season. Uh, I don't know about Missouri, but I know down here in Arkansas, when it's just archery, you don't have to wear your orange. I yeah. still do when I'm walking in and out just because I don't want uh, some hillbilly or somebody, some outlaw, to think I might just happen to look the shape of something that they can shoot. So I, I still do wear my orange when I'm getting to and from where I'm going in the woods. Uh, and then also another big thing that is strong to me is uh, – Wear your fall harness if you're in a tree. Uh, 2009, I was climbing down out of a climber and got the foot platform set. And as I was going to let myself down with the top part, you know, you kind of have to use them like a caterpillar going up and down the tree. Uh, the top part just gave way completely and my feet were not on the bottom platform. So I took about a 10 foot fall and my nose caught the foot platform on the way down and I had a nose that was shaped in a new direction after that. Jeez. Uh, so I was fortunate that it wasn't anything more serious than that, but, uh, man, you, you hear it every year of guys and, and women, uh, falling out of, or their, their stand falling. They are dangerous. So just a simple, it can be annoying at first, but it's well worth it if you ever need it. Yeah, the harness is a is a is a must have. It's a, uh, it's, it's so funny. I got into a stand the year my daughter was born. She's born uh, in the fall, so it was right after right after that. It was deer rifle season, 
and I was getting up into a stand with no harness and I, I chickened out last minute because the idea of me falling out of it and then my poor wife having looked up for a newborn and me at the same time was yeah. I was like I, I couldn't do that to her so I I, I backed out and I, I went and got in a uh in a ground blind instead the risk versus reward is not worth it on that it isn't well, one thing I found one fun tidbit piece of information I'm a bow hunter I know uh, Cole's a big bow hunter. You bow hunt some too, correct, Case? Uh, I'm sorry. I'll say that again. I got to text my wife there. <laughs> uh, I, I was saying I'm a big bow hunter. I know Cole's a bow hunter. You, you bow hunt yourself as well, correct? Yes, sir. Well, did you know in 1952 uh, is the first recorded legal archery kill in the state of Missouri recognized by the Conservation Department? It was a fork-horned buck in southeast missouri 1952 so only 70 years ago that's wild right you think it'd be longer ago than that but i'm sure there were deal deer killed but when you go back and look at the missouri hunting history there were no regulations going up to like the 30s and mm-hmm. so they did not allow deer hunting for a few years because deer in the southeast in most of the United States were to a very small minimum number of deer. They were very highly sought over for their meat, of course, uh, for the hides and all the uses uh, you could get off of them. So uh, a lot of states started using conservation departments that we still use today. And so they did not allow hunting for quite a few years. And so when they did start allow hunting again, when the herd numbers got up there, uh, that would have been why the first recorded in the conservation department is 1952. That makes sense. That's a very interesting backstory. So Holness Wilbur Allen in North Kansas City, Missouri, which is actually not Kansas City. It's a different city uh, altogether to escape the taxes of Kansas City, um, invented the compound bow in 1969. So that is another cool fact of uh, of uh hunting history here in Missouri and it's it's goes by the Allen company and I think is that the same company um I think I'm not Allen. sure like, Allen like you Allen see him kill points I remember yeah exactly I, I bought some uh Allen arrows some cheap ones uh when I first got into bow hunting you know just kind of fling fling at the the bag back there uh yeah. I'm fairly sure that's the same brand that's kind of interesting North Kansas City Missouri so Missouri invented the compound bow all right, well, going to move real quick here because we we want to try to keep this thing under an hour for y'all. Uh, it's probably going to take us a little bit to to get it exactly mapped out, but uh, I always want to do a segment on Mizzou history to celebrate the history of Mizzou. Uh, so Saturday's game is October 1st, so I'm trying to keep it around that. Uh, October 3rd, 2015, Missouri beat South Carolina 24-10. to 10. Uh, the only reason that game's significant in Mizzou history is because it was Gary Pinkle's last SEC win. Uh, 2015 was not a good year. Uh, uh, university made national news for a lot of off-the-field stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it hurt the performance on the field uh, for sure. And so the only other win after that would have been BYU, and I believe that was in Kansas City, correct? Uh, yeah, that was the Arrowhead Stadium. I was at that game. Yep. 
Okay, so uh, October 3rd, 1981, Missouri wins 14 to 3 over number nine Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, September 28th, 1974, they uh, beat number seven Arizona State nine to nothing. September 28th, 1963, they come to Fayetteville and pay the, play the number eight Arkansas Razorbacks and leave victorious seven to six. His baseball score. Uh, yeah, yeah, low scores, <laughs> low scores. Uh, how's this for a low score? 1962, September 29th, they go to Minnesota. Scorekeeper has a very easy day right there, or he fell asleep and didn't pay attention to any of the game, but the score is recorded in the books as a zero to zero tie. Zero to zero. You, you show up and the score, the score is the exact same when you leave. <laughs> I, I tried finding the box score to see our 16 punts this past week and over 700 yards of punting compared to that game. And I, I, I was not able to find a box score on it. So they probably uh, ran the ball so much that they didn't punt that much just because it was taking so long to get one drive, get one, like, you know, two first down and punt drive done. If, if anybody uh, out there listens to this and they recall that game, feel free to hit us up on Twitter and inform us all about it. Uh, the last thing I have for this week is October 1st, 1960, uh, number 19, Missouri at number 20, Penn state. And we will come out victorious 21 to eight. The national championship season. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) However you want to, if you want to claim that or not, I don't necessarily claim it just because, uh, the asterisk beside it, but. I'll claim it's, it. It's as close as we get to claim, so I guess I should claim it. But uh, going into this week, October 1st, for Field, Columbia, Missouri, 6.30 p.m. If you're not able to make it out there, it's going to be on the SEC Network. But the number one Georgia Bulldogs come in to Columbia. <laughs> and Cole or Case, uh, ESPN predictor has us at or has Georgia at ninety four point eight percent predictor. The line is Georgia favored by twenty eight points. Over under at fifty four and a half. Uh, so not a whole lot a chance. Yeah, to, to quote Jim Carrey on yeah. Dumb and Dumber. So there's a chance. Uh Man, first off, anybody in Florida or the southeast coast that's going to be affected by this hurricane, our thoughts go out to y'all. Uh, Definitely. But is this not eerily similar, similar to 2020? Defending champion, they weren't number one, but defending national champion, LSU comes to throw because of a hurricane. I can see that, but let's not act like this Georgia team is the same as that. LSU team. (laughs) Let's not even put them in the same sentence. That LSU team had an amazing 2019. That might have been one of the best SEC teams of all time, but the wheels had fallen off the next season. Yes. Um, They had already lost to MSU that season, right? 
and then uh, they came. Mississippi State it, beat them. Yeah. Yeah, and they had it come to us, the Kansas because of the hurricane, like you mentioned, uh, and then we beat them. But man, I don't, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't foresee anything like that happening. Um, if if our guys just go out there and fight, I'll be happy. My hope is to see us win the coin toss and defer to the second half. You ask why? Against Louisiana Tech and ACU, we won the coin toss, deferred to the second half. Against K-State at Auburn, we lose the coin toss and we get the ball to start the game. Makes too much sense. So if we win the coin toss, I will watch every last second of this ball game. <laughs> if we lose the coin toss, uh, I might just have to turn it off and take your word next week on the podcast on what happened on it uh, because I have an 8.30 kickoff Sunday morning. My Saints play the Vikings in London. So kick. I'm not going not gonna to do that to myself. Uh, I lie. I, we can be 0-11. Georgia can be 11-0. and and I will watch that ball game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will have that little bit of slight hope of optimism in me that Mizzou can pull it off. We have a history of losing ball games we should not lose. We took care of that last week. We also have a history of winning ball games we have no business winning. There's not a game on the schedule the rest of the year that fits that description any more than this Saturday. So I'm hoping Mizzou goes out there in a Mizzou form shocks the country. God, I hope you're right. I don't I don't foresee it happening. Maybe if we win that game we shouldn't win, it'll be against a uh Tennessee or something, but I don't foresee it happening against uh against Georgia. Um what what would you say would take for Mizzou to pull it off this weekend? Uh, aside from devil's magic, voodoo, uh, throwing chicken bones, you know, getting in all that that side of things, just what could take place on the field that gives you hope uh, without I mean, seeing the game that is going to tell you Missouri has a chance? The only way I could see happening is if it becomes a rock fight. And, I mean, Baker just – has the guys ready to go? There's no letdown. Like in the, there's no start. There's no slow start like there is in the previous games. Um, they're they're creating havoc plays. So Mizzou had a bunch of tackles for loss, which is big because we didn't have a lot of those under Wilkes at all. And I I say this, and I understand how silly I sound. So we got to turn those up. We need more of those than we had against Auburn, against a better team. So that sound doesn't make sense. But I'm saying it's the only way to keep it close is we get in a rock fight with them. Where we are getting three and outs, we're stopping them before they get the, the to the fifty yard line. We play good special teams. Um, when we do get possessions that go a little bit, Mevis is making his kicks, so we're nickel and diving them. Um, we need special teams returns. I know Burden is hurt; he was questionable, I believe, under Drinks press conference. Questionable. We need big returns. I think he's the guy that can do it. Um, I rewatched the Oklahoma win against number one Oklahoma in what was it, twenty ten? Uh, yes. The other night. And again, that was a very good Mizzou team. So it's not like, but I'm saying one of the ways they beat the Oklahoma team was the returns for the game. We all remember that defense. Yeah. Defense was salty, and that was a really. I forgot how many NFLers were on the Oklahoma team. I rewatched that game. Like there was that was, that was my first game at 
Was it really? What a good one, my man. Uh, it was my dad's birthday present for him. I bought him and me a ticket, and we sat in the old uh, South End Zone. That is and, a great gift. Uh, Did you rush the field? No, we you didn't. We had a five-hour drive back home, and so as everybody was running on the field, I looked at that. I said, "We can get out of here pretty quick." I imagine right now. <laughs> You're probably right. Everyone's going to Harpo's. Yeah, I, I think we were well on our way to like the Ozarks by the time the goalpost made it down there. That's hilarious. Uh, that's a great uh, game to go to. But, uh, but yeah, I think know, we, we had win win the defensive and the special teams fast of the game, and then maybe you got a chance because our offense. Uh, I mean, which sucks because Drink's an offensive guy. It's it's it it's not uh, what I'm trying to say here. It's not very productive. Well, I mean, of course, it's going to take all three facets. It does every yeah. week. Uh, special teams hurt us last week, and not just the Mevis missed field goal. Uh, the field goal coverage, the two offsides, was killer. The one in overtime was killer. Uh, Literally. You know, so uh, turnover. Can't lose a turnover battle two to nothing like we did last week. Uh, time of possession. I hope. I hope we can hold the ball. I hope we can sustain drives because three and outs aren't going to get it. Mm-hmm. I hope the opposing punter has eight punts this week. But I hope and pray Stonehouse, as good as he I don't want to see that cat on the field unless he's the, the holder on the field goals for extra points because I don't want him to punt. But, yeah. Man, that is a tough, tough defense. That is a well-coached, well-sound team. Uh, and I don't know if why we were crying ourselves to sleep last Saturday night. If anybody missed the score, Georgia beat Kent State 39-22. to I imagine their coach has a lot to coach and talk up to them. Uh, and we're probably going to get a get – we're probably going to get a pissed-off Georgia team uh, yep. that is going back over fundamentals this week. They're n- probably not going to be making mistakes, shooting themselves in the foot. So – on paper, there's absolutely no way Mizzou can win this ball game. But I'm here to tell you, as a Mizzou fan, as a lifer, I will die with Mizzou Tiger blood in my veins, regardless of what state I live, how far away from Faroe Field I am. I will die a Mizzou fan. There's a chance Mizzou can win this ball game because it does have to be played on that field, and it's not played on the paper. Yep. Hey, it gets between, the between, between the lines, right? If you have the chance to go go uh it might be a tight game and we don't you know we're a high school stadium yachty we don't belong loud i heard it myself in 2010 it can be loud we can cause false starts if the crowd gets into it those kids are playing with their hearts everything they have it may not be the results we want in the win and loss column but if you're able to go please by all means, go support the Tigers. And when they look up there and see a packed out house under the lights, I guarantee you that's going to get their energy going a little bit more. Ain't none of them going to be like, we lost this game. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing. We got to bring more energy to Pharrell. But I guess the comes winning. That student section, uh, I know you went went to the Louisiana Tech game. Uh, so you can say exactly how it was, but and it conveyed on the TV as it was it was good. 
It was very uh, impressive. We, it was very we good. need that again, but we need it all the way across. You know, when, when you think about it, um, there's not a lot that can go bad for Mizzou in this game, barring injury. Uh, we cannot lose this game by any amount that uh, the national media is going to think anything less of Mizzou. Yeah. Uh, all, all, we can do, all, all we can do is put our name on the map in a positive way from this ball game. Uh, and so that's that's my hope is that we don't commit the turnovers. We don't have the penalties. You know, I, I want to see continued improvement on the fundamentals that our coaches are supposed to be coaching Sunday through Friday. And the players execute those fundamentals when it comes game time on Saturday. Yeah. That's that's the big thing I'm looking for is do we clean up our own messes that we've been shooting ourselves in the foot and give ourselves a chance to be competitive in this ball game with number one coming to town. Yeah. Uh you you like like if you wanted to go back to that topic of uh how do we win this game? You can't have the, you can't have the dumb holding calls. So you're right. If we could clean that up, that would be you'd like to see him look that person number one team in the country. Well, for Case, for Cole, this is Skeeter signing off. Hope you all have a good week. And as always, go Tigers. M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers. <laughs>